we look at death from a selfish side, like, you know, that guy died. Oh, it's so sad. Why is it sad? He's away from all of this bad stuff that's here on earth. He's, I mean, at the worst, he's just somewhere quiet, no nothing. At best, he's an angel or he's at the next existence or he's a spirit somewhere, you know. What is so bad about that? It's only bad for the people who he left because you guys are mad. That's like some crab in the bucket type stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's a harsh, harsh analogy, but that's what it's like, mm -hmm. though. Art and Jacob to America is presented by the good people at the Podbelly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the number one killer in history. A study on the Y killed 290 million people. It's called Nimbocide. Google it, folks. Nimbocide. Google it, folks. The world's coming to an end. Everybody wants everybody. All the details about the line. What's up, Instagram? We're here to talk to all you preteens out there. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool if like 90% of our listeners were preteens? Yeah. Damn. You know what's cool in the streets? Art and Jacob do America. That's what's up in the streets. And meth. <laughs> That'd be cool. Like if our audience, it was like a Venn diagram of like things that, like what people were into. And it's like Art and Jacob do America and meth. And that's where they meet in the it, middle. You know what's perfect about that i think that's when fucking um teenage <laughs> preteens learn about fucking a venn diagram as well oh true <laughs> somebody just learned something <laughs> uh diagrams are pretty funny yeah <laughs> anyways everybody welcome to episode 127 if you're watching us on facebook live or instagram because we are on both platforms live um this episode is going to be a fucking funny fucking episode uh, because we're going to be talking about the possibility of Tupac Shakur, probably the greatest rapper of all time, in my humble opinion, still being alive. Whoa. 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 Spoiler alert. I think the motherfucker's dead. I but, think he's dead too. Oh, yeah. So we did an episode about Tupac and Biggie's um, supposed murders. Um, and that's probably been our third highest downloaded episode of all time, uh, right behind the Hells Angels and the Mongols Motorcycle Clubs, not gangs, but clubs. Damn. Yeah. So it beat out Jesus getting shot up and having cancer. So how about that? Crazy, man. I, I don't even remember those episodes. No, that it's like one of our early fucking episodes where we, possibly... I remember the Tupac Biggie episode. I yeah. remember that. I thought that was a pretty decent episode. But I don't remember doing the Motorcycle Club episodes. I don't remember, like, doing them, but I don't remember anything we talked about. Isn't that scary? Yeah. You could have said just, something. There's just so many episodes. What what episode is this? 127. I just said it, like, two oh, seconds. Oh, 126? Like 127. 127? Yeah, like, 127 episodes. Yeah. yeah. 
I don't remember. I know Eric has said it a couple of times. Like, we can never, like, run for president. <laughs> like, I listened to some of, like, those earlier episodes. Even shit that we did, like, two weeks ago. I'm like, yeah, that ain't going good down in the primary. Yeah. No way. No way. But anyways, <laughs> Tupac's death. Do you remember? For me, like, you hear, like, older folks, like, talk about, like, I remember when where I was when John F. Kennedy died. I remember when we landed on the moon. And, you know, for our generation as well, like, I remember when 9-11 happened brad yeah i think that was the biggest thing you for me like if you don't remember where 9-11 happened that's big and i know like tupac was a big deal but i don't remember till like the next monday when like somebody brought it really up. yeah and then somebody's you know what ross that... our friend ross or my friend ross like yeah i don't know how cool you guys are but uh <laughs> we're facebook friends what's uh, up ross you he's the one that told me the next day he's like tupac died man yeah you know what and that's crazy too because he did die like at four thirteen. Like, so, yeah, so we would have been out of school, uh, elementary school, um, on a Friday. So, um, yeah, that that's one of those moments in my life. Like, I know exactly where I was at, like, when I heard Tupac died. And it fucking hit me like a fucking uh, sack of bricks, dude, because, like, that was my dude. Like, not only was he, like, just my favorite rapper, but, like, I had, like, all of his CDs. Like, everything from... <sighs> shit i want not his first album but like strictly for my n-words was like the title of that album but i've had everything from that point up until um all eyes on me the double disc and like it was more than just like this guy was my favorite rapper like i related in related to him on so many levels like came from a single mom home like just a lot of shit that he talked about I was like yeah i see that on my way home from from noble elementary all yeah. the time like bums doing crack in this fucking alley was it, eight-year-old jacob relating to how old was he when he died 25 years old pretty young god damn yeah but we, we're from i guess the hood you can say like east huh. bakersfield there's not it's not the most pleasant place to fucking um to grow up in like one of my earliest childhood memories like because the street that you live on art i lived for a couple of years um I want to say like kindergarten through second grade i lived like a street below yours and i remember like i was playing like hot wheels or something like that like in kindergarten and one of the this is like one of my earliest memories is like i remember this guy walking down the street and i'm in the front yard of my my house you know playing hot wheels or whatnot and this guy's just walking down the street looks at me gives me his little nod or whatever probably pedophile i don't know yeah i was five it was cute as fuck and all of a sudden, he just reaches under his uh, his sweater, pulls out a gun, and just shoots the guy sitting on the corner and just keeps walking. And I remember like hearing like a couple of Tupac songs that talk about shit like that. And I was like, yeah, man, oh, I've been through some shit like that. <laughs> like 11-year-old yeah. me and shit. So like, this was my guy. So when I heard that he died, like I immediately like run to my room. I'm, I'm sitting there watching like Ren and Stimpy at like 10 p.m. on MTV because... Uh, Nickelodeon had like the the more uh, censored version of Ren and Stimpy, and then MTV had like the more like naughty version of Ren and Stimpy, like where they showed like butts and pimples and shit like that, like those like zoomed in pictures. Of <laughs> what was them. up with that shit, man? I don't know. I think they I were never, on mushrooms. I never liked Ren and Stimpy. Did, so you liked it as a kid? I like, never into that shit. Like it wasn't funny to me. I was like, it was just like weird. It was shit. cartoons. It was at that that time in your life where you're not quite a. You, I was a pre teenager. Yeah. Um, and it was not, I, I was still like I, anything cartoon, like I was all about. So it was, but it was a little bit edgy because I know Beavis and Butthead came on right after that. Yeah, but Beavis and Butthead were funny. Oh, I, yeah. I didn't I, think Red and Sippy was ever funny. Really? No, like, I never, like, I can't think back at something and go like, that was pretty funny. <laughs> Powder but, Toast Man? 
Yeah, like none of that shit was funny oh, okay. to me. But I look back at some of that fucking like uh, Beavis and Butthead stuff, and mm-hmm. like just them watching music videos, like it's pretty funny. Oh yeah, like that shit. That shit's golden. Yeah. So, anyways, I was waiting for Beavis and Butthead to come on later because that was like the, the lineups. Brendan Stimpy would set you up for Beavis and Butthead. It was kind of like you know a nice like walk in, you know, to get you prepared for you know your young little eleven year old mind to get warped. And I remember it scrolling across the bottom of the screen, you know, MTV news, like, like, you know, headline news, like back in the nineties before the internet, like, this is how you found out, like, you know, if the bulls beat the Lakers or fucking whatnot, like, like it just was like a scroll on the bottom of the screen. It said Tupac Shakur dies at age 25 at 4:13 PM in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I had been trying to keep up with it. At, um, and you know, in the news, like I was just like, Oh shit, my favorite guy, he got, he got shot. And I was like, oh, okay, like you, like I was listening to MTV News like every day after school. You know, Tabitha Soren uh, was named Kurt Loader or whatever. They would give you like daily updates, like, oh, he's responding. They had surgery. They removed one lung. The Reverend Jesse Jackson went to visit him, and he seemed to be in high spirits and like all this shit. And you're like, all right, he's gonna kick out um, because I want to say like two years previous, he had gotten shot before, and uh, which will play into you know a lot of the theories and whatnot. Um, misplaced theories i want to say um but yeah he he checked himself out of the hospital the first time he got shot and uh, i was in my mind i was thinking like oh it's tupac man he's crazy man he's gonna kick out of this one like this is nothing man he's got suge knight paying for his medical bills it's gonna be all good right and i remember it just hit me like a like a sack of bricks like oh shit he's gone and as gay as it's gonna sound like i had net like no family member had died at this point but like i just started bawling like i had never bawled before like i felt like a piece of my soul was taken like that shit hit me hard and i remember running to my room and putting on um the song called life goes on by tupac which is like one of those like pour out a little liquor for the homies like songs or whatever like yeah. all sad and emotional and shit and i remember i played that like six or seven times in a row and just like like all fucking like white girl about it just like Falling on my bed and then just crying myself to sleep. Damn, that's pretty intense. Yeah. 11-year-old Jacob, baby. Damn. I don't know if I've ever cried when a celebrity dies. Selena? No. I, I'm on the record of saying Selena has like a couple of popular songs, but I don't know. I never liked Selena. Really? That's some like bandwagon new age shit, man. <laughs> it's like such, like you see hipsters now and like they're all wearing their Selena shirts. Like Selena made a comeback in the last couple of years. She put out a new record. But it's like, it was... You didn't I'll cry that you you, you you didn't cry like when Mar- Walter Mercado died last week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did see that on the news though. That was pretty funny. <laughs> For all of our non-Hispanic listeners, look up Walter Mercado, and you're welcome. Done. Yes. <laughs> done and done. But it seemed like almost immediately, like you said that that following Monday. Um, Everybody at school started talking about Tupac's death. Like, that's all we could talk about. It was Independence Day, the movie, and then Tupac's death. And everybody was saying everything from, like, oh, you know, Biggie and Puffy had him shot. That's uh, what I kept hearing a lot. Yeah, up until, like, like the cool kids would be like, hey, there's a theory going around that he's not really dead. Like, you listen to some of his lyrics, he's putting hints that he's going to come back. And I'm like, oh, that's bullshit. That fool got shot you know i never heard that theory until right about when um his uh tupac tupac plus the outlaws came out that album came out and had like a pretty big hit song on that one Mm -hmm. and everybody was like how the fuck is he writing these songs and that's when it became that like joke that meme and like you know eventually when um 
Dave Chappelle did that sketch about him, like, <laughs> yeah, having like lyrics that are like George W. You ran for uh, city council you back in never Oakland. Heard of him? <laughs> yeah, like that kind of thing. Like it became a joke that he's still alive, kind of mm-hmm. thing. And then that's when the that's to me that's when it really took like took off. And like that was back in like I would say that's like oh three or something. Mm-hmm. When was the Chappelle show on? I was like a sophomore or something in high school. So I would say yeah, like, I want to say oh three. Yeah, yeah, I want to say oh three. That sounds right. I remember <laughs> watching that in high school, but even before that though, because I remember like okay, he died in September. And it's funny we would do this topic this week because if you look on the YouTube here, the video, I have um, his actual, the last record that he actually recorded um, was uh, the Machiavelli album, Don Caluminati, The Seven Day Theory. Um, he died in September and then two months later, you know, this album comes out, uh, the Machiavelli Seven Day Theory or whatnot. And looking into, I, I was listening to this album, you know, all day today just because like, I got to be honest with you when it came out. Yes, of course I rushed to the I rushed to fucking Target cuz it like Walmart's version, you know, cut out all the bad words and whatnot. Yeah. You had and, another reason not to support Walmart. Yeah, exactly, those Republicans. <laughs> and so, I remember I rushed to Walmart and I remember not liking the CD at first. Like it was not as fun as All Eyes on Me, which was, you know, a double disc basically of like nothing but like fucking songs like California Love and like just partying it up you know i'm a i'm a preteen you know i want to party up too and whatnot and i remember just like the machiavelli album was like really serious it was like super politically charged like he was talking about like some black panther shit it was talking about growing up in a white man's world and i'm like whoa this is this is too heavy for me at 12 right and so i kind of put it off to the side like okay i don't i'm not ah, okay i'll give him a pass like he's dead you know pour out a little liquor whatever you know i still got all eyes on me to uh run back to but you're right um after that album came out there was another double disc album that came out called are you still down and that's for me when i first you know started like almost immediately that double disc came out like it fucking just a brand new album by tupac and like all the kids i just remember them talking about like how the fuck did he just come out with two new cds and one of them's a double disc cd and i was like okay whatever i'm listening to you know mtv news and whatnot like okay you know apparently you know, the explanation for this is that, oh, okay, he wrote a lot of music before he died and whatnot. And I was like, oh, okay, that, that sounds about right, whatever. You know, like maybe he just had like a lot of unreleased songs. But then you start, you know, like you said, other albums started coming out, like that uh, Tupac and that Outlaws that Are You Still Down or whatever. Yeah. That came out. And then there would be another double disc CD that would come out. And then another CD would come out. That one was called Still I Rise. And I think that's where a lot of people were like, oh, he's going to come back. And like, yeah. announce that he's still alive. And I think I just realized that was the big theory behind that. Like, it's called Still I Rise because he's going to come out. And like, mm-hmm. people were saying like, like, when did this album come out? It came out in 99. So I remember people saying like in the year 2000, he was going to like announce that he's been alive mm-hmm. this whole time and like put out like the craziest album or whatever he's gonna get rid of all these jaw rules and shit because and right, that was the thing the jaw rule was out you know dmx dmx the funny thing about this is like dmx if you think of like dmx is like first two or three albums and i think chris rock made a joke about this like if dmx would have died when his third album came out he would have gone down as like the next tupac yeah because he was that good you know like damn it's fucking nuts to think about like because how many albums did uh tupac have when he died Okay, so the first one was uh, Tupacalypse Now, um, Strictly for My N-Words was the second one. 
the third one, I think it was the Thug Life album. Um, after that was Me Against the World, then All Eyes on Me, and then the Machiavelli album. So about six albums. And mind you, he died when he was 25 years old. Mm-hmm. Like, when people are barely, you know, getting out of BC or <laughs> Cal State, like, yeah. at that age. Where this motherfucker already had, like, six six albums, and half of them are, like, all-time classics. Yeah. Like, it just goes as a testament how fucking amazing this guy's work work ethic was. But you're right. When that album came out, that Still I Rise album, that's when people started looking back at a lot of his music and saying, like, okay, was he giving us hints this whole time? Even the Machiavelli album. Like, a lot of people, I think, draw from that because he's talking a lot about, like, you know, getting shot five times, resurrected, like, fucking... um, the, the whole seven day theory, even the name Machiavelli, who I guess was like an Italian, you know, war strategist, you know, an author um, who, you know, really emphasized like, you know, faking out his enemies, you know, to, by faking your own death, you know, getting them when they're most vulnerable and you know, lazy and then coming back, you know, a surprise attack on them and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I believe the book is called The Art of War. And um, a lot of people were attracted to that. Like, you know, and this is again, like when the Internet's starting to catch fire, you know, faster internet connections okay <laughs> uh you know about 99 you know like that's when the internet is more prevalent you start to see like message boards pop up and you know fan theory sites and fan dedication sites and whatnot and everyone just combing over all of his lyrics like dissecting it and for me as like i said as a fan as a real fan like i'm seeing all these theories pop up like oh he's talking about you know, getting shot and coming back or whatnot. And I'm like, you, you realize he's talking about the first time he got shot. Because when you look at Tupac's career, initially he was just a backup dancer for uh, the group Digital Underground. Yeah, like, like Humpty he, Dance, man. Exactly, yeah, if you remember that. Like he was just in the background, you know, doing the whatever early 90s dance moves for that. He gets a record deal, you know, puts out, you know, a more politically charged album um, called Tupacalypse Now. Um because this this is a kid that was born in jail. His mom was pregnant in jail when she when she had him. Yeah. Mother was a Black Panther. Um, all of his relatives were. Father was a black man. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I hope. <laughs> but um, yeah, like uh, you know, very politically charged, you know, upbringing, upbringing, and so you know, he puts out these albums, and they don't really hit because it's more centered to a niche audience. But as time goes on, you know, MTV starts to play him. You know, he sings about, you know, I Get Around, you know, all these other, you know, club songs. He starts to build momentum up. And he's, if you're like me, like MTV, BET, and VH1 were kind of like within the three same, like, realms, like 51, 52, and 53. And to me, it's like, okay, if you're on VH1, that's kind of like what your mom and dad watch. That's the adult contemporary shit. Yeah, Dave Matthews Band. Like, I'll get knocked down. Yeah. What I get up again? Yeah. Or I was going to say more like Blues Traveler or some oh, shit yeah. like that. It was a bunch of bullshit. It was like pop-up video bullshit. That's like maybe later in the 90s, but still, like I associated with like all that terrible 90s music. <laughs> There's a lot of bad 90s music. We try oh, to yeah. only remember the good stuff, but... If you want to remember the the bad stuff, go to BH1 and all that bullshit they were playing. Yeah, so that that's what your parents listened to. It was whack, basically, what we're saying is. MTV was more of like, okay, you've made it. Like, this is like the mainstream, like... It's like mainstream radio. It's mainstream like, radio, but, basically, yeah. right? You've made it. But then BET kind of had like... It had these shows, kind of like, um, like their R&B shows. Like, before they would get on MTV, they would hit on BET first. Rap City 
like that's where you saw like all the underground rappers that's where i first heard like wu-tang clan like nas when he was doing illmatic exhibit like before he even got you know his pit my ride show or whatnot like all these like badass fucking underground rappers that were that's mostly where tupac's home was was on bet so a lot of his early work you you would see it like on MTV Raps or and not MTV Raps but Rap City on BET mm-hmm. and then as it got bigger that's when it moved over to MTV but a lot of his backstory a lot of the stuff that he's rapping about like on All Eyes on Me Me Against the World and you know the Machiavelli album is about stuff that happened before he blew up with California Love so kind of to address those conspiracies like I said he got shot. Um, in New York, I want to say, um, at a recording studio where Puffy and Biggie were at. And um, he felt, you know, that, you know, Puffy and Biggie kind of set him up or they knew something um, in regards to this um, and didn't tell him about it and allowed him to, you know, basically get shot, almost died, get robbed of like all of his jewelry, all of his cash that he had on hand. Because I guess apparently he didn't trust the banking system. Mm-hmm. And, you know, basically just kind of like ruined his life. And at the time, um, the Notorious B.I.G. was, I guess you can say, like a protege of Tupac at this time. Like, he kind of gave him, you know, Biggie swagger or whatnot. But Puffy was pulling him in the other direction. And I think Pop kind of had a lot of ill sentiment towards this. So, at that time, it was a very tumultuous time between those two. Just because he felt like the friendship cracking. And then this kind of sent him over the edge. But anyways, he gets shot. He also has a bunch of cases against him. You know, he has a, a rape case that we um, documented, you know, in the first episode of about, you know, the Biggie and Tupac uh, murders. Um, he's, you know, he has a case uh, of assault, you know, on an off-duty police officer. He shot at a couple of, like, off-duty Atlanta police officers. So he has all these, like, these charges at this time. And a lot of people, like, in his family at this time are kind of, like, distancing themselves from them. The only people that he has really in his life or, you know, like his homies or whatever, like the people from this group that he was trying to start uh, called Thug Life, which would morph into the outlaws like you were talking about. So when you listen to his music, a lot of it is like you're looking at a guy who has a lot of abandonment issues. You know, like I said, like his mom, you know, gave birth to him in jail, basically. His father was never in the picture. And I was reading an interview earlier today with him where um, a couple of the brothers and the sisters that he had, half-brothers and sisters that Tupac had, said that he was never the favorite child. Like, his mom kind of just threw him, like, in these, like, performance art schools to kind of get rid of him. Like, he kind of, like we were talking about with Kurt Cobain, like, he had just, like, so much energy that his mom was just like, man, I can't deal with this motherfucker. Like, just, just threw him, like, in these art schools or whatever. And he was kind of, like, the least favorite son. And... She didn't come around to him until he started having, like, money from his, like, rap career and his movie career after he just got done doing Juice and whatnot. So he's dealing with a lot of, like, personal issues, a lot of legal issues, and, of course, like, he's having to fight for his life because, you know, Mm -hmm. he got shot five times. And during this time after he gets shot, he actually goes to jail i believe in rikers island in new york which is like infamous like one of the it's like corcoran here in california it's like one of the worst jails you can go to uh there's rumors that you know he got raped in jail um the talk show host i want to say wendy williams like was putting that out there that he was getting raped in jail and whatnot and then that's when you see his popularity rise because you know he's writing because rape is hot (laughs) 
No, because uh, he he's doing all these interviews and he's just he's he goes from this politically charged person, kind of like a a very minor public enemy enemy type of rapper to this very like you know just just venom is just like in interviews like this is where you see a lot of these interviews is when he's in and out of jail or getting ready to go to jail and he's pissed off at you know uh biggie he's he's got, got all this venom and just all this rage and he's he's an artist first and he doesn't know how to channel it because he has all this information that all this stuff that he's having to deal with all at once and you know this is when you get the famous vibe interview with he where he's like in a straight jacket i believe it's called is tupac crazy and like he's just he lays it all down about the theory about you know you know puffy and biggie like setting him up to you know get shot and robbed or whatnot and just like all this venom and stuff so when you listen to a lot of like those lyrics where he's talking about getting shot five times and resurrected and coming back he's actually talking about coming back out of jail like he even says it like in california love like you know out on bail fresh out of jail you know california dreaming yeah like all this stuff is he's talking about this time frame where you know he's dealing with all this shit not only that but tupac loves theater in general like Mm -hmm. tupac isn't just rapping like you know i I feel like a lot of rappers and rap in general is very much like braggadocious i saw a man like especially in like early 2000s or not early 2000s sorry early 90s like it was very like you know storytelling like if you're a storyteller like it's very much like you don't use metaphors as mm-hmm. much as you know metaphors are more common now and especially past like the 90s or whatever you know like if you listen to a kendrick album it's full of metaphors oh yeah but back then it was like you know like the song the message mm-hmm. like you know what the message is about you know um but like broken glass everywhere yeah it's like he's telling you a day in like a day in the life of like the hood so to hear someone trying to use these like metaphors of I came back and obviously there were like parallels between him and like Jesus and there's him and on the cross and all this mm-hmm. bullshit like he was very much using theater and like the arts as like a way to like write music which is kind of rare for like for like hip hop at the time. Oh yeah. Like not a lot of people were doing that. Even like, you know, his contemporary at the at the time, like Biggie. Biggie was using stuff like that, but Biggie was more like comparing himself to like fucking Scarface. Scarface and like Tony um, Montana. Yeah. So um, the yeah. Godfather type of thing. You exactly, know, like, yeah. yeah. So like he was doing those type of metaphors and that was more common, like to try to make yourself this ultra gangster kind of thing. But he was mostly making himself like this martyr kind of character and mm-hmm. like that was a common theme in Tupac's Tupac's discography. Like, you know, like he was going to be different. And like, I think a lot of people misread that and still misread that. Like that, you know, he wasn't using like, this is something I saw in my day to day life. kind of thing. This is like, it was theater to him. And like, mm-hmm. and like, you know, he was an actor. He, he was in movies and he liked theater and things like that. And so like to hear it in his music, it makes sense. So yeah. And even too, like going back to the Don Caluminati album, like a lot of people, like you said, they misread what that's all about. Um, like you said, he uses himself as a Jesus figure, and uh, where a lot of people think, like, oh, you know, the the seven day theory, like he's gonna come back after seven. Theory was he was gonna come back after seven days, like Jesus, mm-hmm. and then that theory ended up being like, oh no, it's gonna be seven years. So ninety six, well, we're looking at two thousand three. He's supposed to come back, yeah. you know. After and now the, it's seventy years. Yeah, now it's seventy years, and like the, the In theory seventy just, years gonna come back. <laughs> yeah, the theory just keeps growing or whatever, right? And I'm like looking at him, like, no, the real reason was, and then like everybody who was around him at this time, all the producers that he was working with, even the guy that um, 
got commissioned from the Compton Swap Meet to uh, paint the actual album cover was like, no, the Seven Day Theory, like, he goes, Death Row fucked up because all of the outlaws were going to have their own individual albums. They all had aliases, but it was like a precursor to the mixtape. They weren't going to be released on Death Row Records. They were going to be released on Machiavelli Records as, you know, underground uh, mixtapes, basically. And every member of the outlaws was going to have their own album. Now, um, you, you listen to, like, from Thug Life to Me Against the World to, you know, obviously the All Eyes on Me and Machiavelli albums, they, they when it's him and the Outlaws, they always refer to themselves as, um, you know, their aliases. Tupac went by Machiavelli the Don. Uh, there's Edie Amin, um, Hussein Fatal. Basically, they're naming themselves after dictators or, you know, war generals and whatnot, right? Because they're at war with the rap industry. It's the whole East Coast, West Coast thing. Yeah. But the idea was is each one of them was going to have their own individual albums. And, you know, they were going to, be concept albums if you will something way different than what was going on in the mainstream and death row fucked up because it was supposed to be called machiavelli the dawn Kaluminati the seven day theory and it's basically you know an album that was supposed to be talking about you know all this stuff that i detailed earlier about you know him going to jail being falsely accused for rape um you know, the, the cops, you know, he, like he was a pre, you know, Colin Kaepernick at this time. And then he went to that artist and he said, Hey, you know, not as a disrespect to Jesus, but I feel like, you know, the media is kind of morphing like my words, like even this whole East coast, West coast beef. Like, I feel like I'm a, I'm a rap martyr, like I'm a scapegoat, you know, you know, Al Gore, uh, Tipper Gore, you know, they're using me as an example of why rap is evil and we should, you know, take it off the shelves or whatnot. So like, that was like the whole thing. And he wanted to get back to being, you know, more of a politically charged uh, rapper because half of this album, the Seven Day Theory, like it's very like like it's a Black Panthers album, like in '96. Like if a if Malcolm X released like an album in '96, yeah, like, it's pretty much what it would sound like. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I don't know if you have like like theories of like what you know. Obviously, we've talked about you know why people think he's mm-hmm. alive. I think a lot of it has to do with too is just like a lot of people felt connected to Tupac as well. Like for my my example, but Tupac is the only rapper, you know, that I can think of that got sh- got shot and died, and then of course everybody you know lifts him up as oh he was one of the greatest, but then kind of kept that title as one of the greatest. You see that a lot like in hip hop where you know somebody will die, some mediocre rapper. Um, I know a lot of people like him, but like big pun, like when he died, like everybody started martyring him, like that he was one of the greatest of all time. And I'm like, he was all right, but like he wasn't like one of the greatest of all time. And I feel like he was the the set off point for that because he was so beloved. And I think a lot of people like a lot like, you know, like white people in Elvis, like they don't want to believe that like somebody that meant that much to him is truly passed away. Yeah, I could I could see that. You know, I hear like like uh, Jim Morrison faking his own death. Jim Morrison is kind of like that similar figure where like he viewed things very like poetically. Like, and I could see I could see the Jim Morrison one. I I, I could see a little more truth to it just because he was out of the country and like his body was like oh let's bury it. Like, mm-hmm. but you know like so after Tupac died, this is kind of like 
and I don't know if you're ready to get into like some of the things that like make his death suspicious, but we kind of talked about it in that other episode, but, um, you know, when, when he was, when that shooting happened, you know, um, Suge Knight was in the car next to him. Yeah. Suge Knight takes a fragment of a bullet, right? That no one ever really sees. He's never treated for that fragment of a bullet. They just see that he has blood on his head. And that's why a lot of people think that Suge Knight set up the, the, uh, the murder for him mm-hmm. or you know perhaps he helped him like get escape, away escape yeah. and i think suge knight's son was like on fucking saying all this bullshit i, I don't i don't believe suge knight's son for a second because i think he's like like what else is suge knight known for or suge knight's son known for besides being his son and his son is just that dude that has information about tupac so yeah it's just, to me it's just like more of a instagram follower bullshit kind of thing yes. with his son so that's why I don't put any weight into what his son's saying. But, um, you know, that theory is out there that mm-hmm. Suge Knight helped him get away. Mm-hmm. But to me, that doesn't make sense. I b- I'm willing to believe more that Suge Knight was responsible for getting him killed that day. Yes. Than, than helping him escape. Like, he, he was going to be worth more to him dead than alive if he was trying to leave death row. Yeah. That's why I think, you know, like, that theory doesn't make sense, that Suge Knight would help him yeah escape or whatever yeah another thing too is like tupac you watch any interview with tupac he's even says it himself like what gets him in trouble is his big mouth like he was one of those people that like he would see something wrong and he would commentate about it like he's like Stephen a smith but way more intelligent or whatever right there's no way that somebody like that politically charged with that much to say um i always like compare him to somebody that's like prince malcolm x and you know name name your other favorite artists like trent reznor like he he's the to me is like a definition of the, the true artist like true intellect true artistic merit it's hard to 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 put that in a bottle and then just put it on the shelf like yeah if you're snoop dog yeah like maybe you can retire to your man cave and just smoke weed all all for the rest of your life right but no you're talking about like a true artist somebody like prince i'm gonna bring up another example of that later on but uh, never stop creating you know, like you, you're, there's no way you're going to move on. Like there's theories that, oh, he just wanted to get away from, you know, all the, you know, the, the legal issues, you know, wanted to get away from the streets. Cause that's a big thing too, that like, it's a tale of two Tupacs. Like there was the political Tupac and the quote unquote gangsta Tupac that was trying to escape, you know, the influence of Suge Knight and death row. And I do think that the, and I think a lot of people that knew Tupac have talked about how, the gangster Tupac was more of the made-up Tupac. There was no gangster Tupac. Tupac was never really involved in gangs. He was Correct. never a gangbanger in any in any form of the word. So it's just kind of like that was the that was the made-up persona. Was the was the mm-hmm. the gangster Tupac? And in rap, like if you didn't have a gangster persona, you weren't selling records. Yeah, especially. I mean, this is the height of. I mean, I wouldn't say now because like Drake ain't a gangster, but he's like the yeah. biggest rapper. But yeah, around this time, like gangster rap was like the fucking hot thing. You know, like mm-hmm. everybody that was that even even fucking Dr. Dre who used to dress up in like women's clothes <laughs> is like dressed up like a gangster now with his fucking like Raiders hat. Raiders hat and like Lokes and like fucking baggy jeans and shit like even mc hammer signed with um with death row records at this time as well and like it he went from fucking baggy genie pants to fucking i like girls with the thumps in the trunk yeah thumps in the trunk and he's like, this dude like was wearing like sequins fucking gold <laughs> jumpsuits like two months ago and he was there with tupac but uh, like when he died in las vegas which is crazy he was the dude that was talking to preteens yeah <laughs> shout out preteens <laughs> oh shit but yeah 
to me, like the, the theories, like there's theories that he went to Malaysia. There's theories he went to Cuba. He, Cuba's the one I hear the most. He had, his aunt lives in Cuba still to this day. Correct. And like his aunt was a was she? A she war? was a Black Panther. She was a Black Panther. She she was a she, she, she was escaping. She, she escaped there. She committed some sort of a terrorist act, right? She blew mm-hmm. something up. And Afini Shakur, mom, uh, Tupac's mom as well. That's why she was in jail when she was pregnant with Tupac. Yeah. But it doesn't. I, if he did go to one of these countries, or there's one too that he went back to Africa or whatever, like Dave Chappelle, like even if he went to one of these countries, like you're not gonna be able to just bottle like that that genius, you know that that mouthpiece. You're not gonna be able to to contain that. Huh. He's gonna he's gonna have a blog. He's gonna have Instagram. He's gonna fucking you know he's gonna release some kind of record, and a lot of cons- that would lead into another con- you know conspiracy is that. You have these um, underground rappers that sound a lot like Tupac. Like, there's one called like the Realist. There's another one that, um, oh shit, it, like he borrows well, a lot see, from to Tupac. To me, that that's that's kind of like a thing. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if you can sound like someone, like remember when Corn came out, yeah, and like everybody was trying to sound like Jonathan Davis. Like everybody was raped by their parents now, <laughs> and yeah. it was like the fucking dude from Disturbed was like crying on records about like oh don't hit me dad or something like all this shit (laughs) like everyone was trying to go for that sound so yeah of course if you could find and tupac still to this day is like on a lot of people's top 10 list of like favorite rappers or like greatest rappers of all time so if you can find a dude that sounds like him then yeah people are gonna dig him but Mm -hmm. dude i remember there was like some like r&b singer in the 90s that looked like a lot like him and he was like that the only reason he was popular was because he looked like tupac yeah and I did see, like, I didn't do much research for this, um, but I did see, like, there was a picture of, like, some, like, it was, like, some white girl in Cuba, and it was just, like, she her yeah. caption on it was, like, hey, guys, he's still alive, and blah, blah, blah. And, like, you can tell that that's not that motherfucker. Yeah. Like, that's just a black dude with a mustache and a shaved head. <laughs> it's so sad. Like, yeah. these guys don't even look like him. Do and- you remember, like, okay, like, a couple NBA seasons ago, like, there was a guy showing up to, like, Celtics games, Sixers games. I want to say he went to a Clippers game as well, and he looked just like Tupac. Now he, w- he didn't look exactly like Tupac, but he looked enough like Tupac that it was like grabbing like headlines and whatnot. Yeah, I think so. I think I remember that. Like even the guy that played him in like the movie uh, that they just did about him or whatever. Um, like even that guy looked r- a lot like him or whatnot. Yeah. But like to me, like when you see like all these videos, like Tupac's still alive. And like, you see him like in, there's one from Russia even too, like where he's like walking so down the stupid. Klondike and you're like, that's just a black guy dressed up as fucking Tupac. I don't look like Sid Haig, but I dressed up as fucking Captain Spaulding. And a couple people thought like, Oh shit, it's fucking Sid Haig. He came back from the dead. And I'm like, yeah. nah, fool. <laughs> Jacob Pixon, man. <laughs> Crazy. Um, yeah. So like, I feel like that's just more racism because <laughs> it's like <laughs> all black you know, people look that's like that's just a black guy with a shaved head. Yeah, and, and, and the do rag. And if you put the fucking um, the bandana on backwards with the little the little doop here in the front, whatever What's that's called? called, the little bow, the little bow tie on the front, the H Mama style, as yeah. uh, Dub C once said. Yeah, I guess. man, I don't know about all that, but <laughs> I mean, what what are the theories out are, are out there about this? I guess too, like let um, me just shoot them all down. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't believe any of these. That's what makes this topic so fun. Yeah, no, I, I agree. If you're a real Tupac fan, like, there's no way you believe he's still alive. I have, I believe in Flat Earth more than I believe <laughs> that Tupac is still alive. Do you do you believe we landed on the moon more than we than Tupac is still alive? 
do I believe? No, I don't believe that we landed on the moon at all. I have like no, I know that. That's why I'm asking you that. Would you believe? Are you more open to believing that we landed on the moon rather than Tupac being alive? Uh, see, I believe Tupac is alive more than we land on the moon. Okay. Because I think that you know, if there was a potential for him to just say like, "Hey, I want to get off the grid," I could see that. But he would have to be like full on off the grid, like like people that are convinced that Jim Morrison is still alive. I feel like that was more his his thing. Like, I just want to be a starving poet kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's what he wanted since the beginning. He didn't want to be a rock star. So I could see how, you know, somebody would be like, you know, he wants to do the Jim Morrison thing and just live off the grid in Cuba and, like, work carving, like, fucking <laughs> boats or something, you know? Yeah. Like painting houses or something. Hanging shit. out with Dexter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see how he would, like, retire and just fucking end up painting houses in Cuba. Mm-hmm. Um, One, another uh, conspiracy that... um. I was looking at too is that there was a lot of controversy uh, around his his death, um, his autopsy, if you will. Um, I don't know if you've seen that picture, like um, the autopsy picture of Tupac. It basically has like that. You see the two autopsy cuts that they make, like in the chest. I might have when we did the original Tupac episode. Okay, well, I'll post it on the Instagram as one of the pictures. But um, I guess his death certificate. Um, is a little funky as well. Like, I guess they list the body as being six feet tall and weighing about 215 pounds. Um, but in all reality, like, Tupac was probably, like, 5'8", and he even says, like, multiple times, like, in his songs, like, 165. And you look at him, like, when he's hanging around with, like, Snoop Dogg or, like, any other rapper, like, he's a smaller guy. So a lot of people point to that, like, oh, they used a body double for that, you know, as, you know, like a lookalike, if you will, like one of those rappers in place of his body and whatnot. I will say on that, like, whenever they're filling those out, (laughs) uh, that's kind of when, like, you go to the DMV and Mm -hmm. they tell you how tall, they ask you how tall you are and how much you weigh. Like, they're just fucking guessing. Like, they're just like, yeah, he probably won't lie. You can go to the DMV and say you, like, you're five foot ten and, like, <laughs> 150 pounds and be like, God, that's a skinny motherfucker. <laughs> but then you look at the picture, like, I don't know about that. Yeah. yeah so I think you, everybody lies about that shit. Yeah. So that's just the dude saying, eh, he's, like, close to six foot, black dude, whatever. Mm. He, could probably, <laughs> he could probably start for the Pistons. He can replace Nick Van Axel on yeah. the Lakers at this he, time. He, he's he's <laughs> starting point guard for the picks, for, <laughs> for the Pistons. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> I guess another thing too is like I, he was cremated, and uh, a lot of people are pointing out. A lot of online detectives are saying, "Oh, why would you?" Like he got cremated the very next day after he died, and I guess Suge Knight paid three million dollars to have him cremated. Now I found no evidence to back this up. Not even Suge Knight even saying that he paid three million dollars just somebody randomly just posting it on the internet uh but they're saying that the the cremation person or whatever the cremation artist i was about to say i don't know what they're called what's the fucking technical term for that Mm, cremator cremistry the (laughs) cremistry (laughs) that guy i guess disappeared off the face of the earth after like he cremated tupac or whatever right and then a lot of people what was his name though i I, bet it was just like scott (laughs) (laughs) dr scott Jones, Scott Jones, Scott Jones, Alex Jones. <laughs> That'd be funny. Now that's a th- that's a theory I want to know about. <laughs> it was a gay, the original gay frog, but um, also too, I guess like a lot of there was a lot of confusion, like what happened to his ashes. Now the outlaws said that you know they smoked his ashes like afterwards. They oh mixed my god, <laughs> they mixed it in some weed and they smoked it or whatever. And then his mom said, "No, that didn't really happen. I have his ashes." And I guess like a couple interviews she did before she died, you know, she said, yeah, I have it like in an urn, like above my fireplace. And then 
Um, half of his ashes I spread over like my garden, like so, like Tupac's ashes went to fertilizing like her tomato garden and whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess like a lot of people are like saying, like even like his his biological father are saying, like, no, I have half of his ashes. No, like the brother has half of his ashes. So a lot of people are like, why is there so much uh, discrepancy? What will happen to his ashes? Are those really Tupac's ashes? You know, didn't he? Um, didn't his mom show up whenever like Biggie? Biggie's mom and his mom like met on stage one time to like call like a truth. She was wearing like um his ashes in a necklace, which mm-hmm. you know could be bullshit. That could be kitty litter. Yeah, but. I mean, yeah, yeah. And again, I saw that as well. It's just like, but then again, who's to say like all that didn't just happen? Like, I'm I, I doubt that like if the outlaws really did smoke Tupac's ashes, I doubt they got like handfuls of that shit and like mix it up with like their chronic or whatever, right? Like, I'm pretty sure like like. His mom was like, okay, here, I know you guys were like his true friend. Like, here's a pinch of his ashes. Do what you want. Like, go fucking throw it at some strippers at Suge Knight's club. Like, That's dude. morbid as hell, dude. But that reminds me of that one, like, black metal band that, like, made a necklace out of the dude's skull fragments. Dude, I want to do a fucking episode about that, dude. What, um, Oh, God. Mayhem. The band Mayhem. Yeah. That shit was fucking. That's a fucked up movie, too. Have you seen the movie behind that? The, the witch. Uh, the, not the witch. The, uh, uh, the church Lord, burning episode, the Lords of Mayhem, Chaos. yeah, something like that, yeah. Lords, yeah, that's a <laughs> fucked up movie, dude. Have you ever seen the conspiracy theory that Bill Hicks is uh, Adam J- or Alex Jones? <laughs> Alex Jones? Yeah, <laughs> dude, I love that. It is so funny. Wait, so, hold on, let me see that picture one more time. That's him, dude. Possibly show show the show the Facebook, everybody. Alejandro, take a look at this. <laughs> As a reminder, everybody, make sure you're tuning in every Thursday or possibly Sunday when there's no football uh, to watch this live on Facebook and Instagram and checking out the YouTube channel so you can get in live. Alex Jones is <laughs> probably Bill Hicks. Right. He's Bill Hicks, man. That same dude. Holy shit. Episode 128, <laughs> Alex <laughs> Jones. Bill Hicks, Alex Jones. <laughs> Okay. Um, but yeah, anyways, continue, Jacob. Another theory that I saw too was that he's secretly um, being placed into witness per- a witness protection program. Him being um, on the inside of Death Row Records, him being a former, you know, son of a Black Panther or whatnot, him being, you know, politically motivated, he's seen some shit. Like the feds have been after Suge Knight for decades. Ah, I don't know about this. Already it's like falling apart. This is exactly. the dude that's like, fuck the police kind of thing. Like this mm-hmm. is the most like spit in the face of police officers. <laughs> You're telling me this whole time he's been working with the government to like he's a fucking... take down the Black Panther? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've actually saw, this is actually a theory that's online. And that's a reason they set the whole thing up. That's why Suge Knight, you know, didn't die in that car. Um, that Yeah, Tupac did get shot but like they were able to resuscitate 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 him in exchange because i guess tupac died broke um he gave him he did die broke that 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 was pretty interesting that is true that um you know the government paid for all of his bills and then then placed him into the witness protection program and that's why he kept seeing like suge knight go to jail like continuously after that because tupac was giving information about people like on the streets like I guess, like, right after Tupac died, like, there was, like, a big, like, gang war, like, between the Bloods and the Crips, and then it all, like, like, within a week or two, like, it all just got shut the fuck down, and I guess the theory is, is that, you know, Tupac was giving them information about shit that was going on in Compton and whatnot, and then a lot of, like, those gang members were incarcerated and whatnot, and then that's why we don't see him anymore, is because Mm. 
He's in witness protection program. Makes sense. Yeah. No, it doesn't. But still, <laughs> like, I, I can't see him working with the feds like no, that. No, I can't see it That's either. Tupac. That's Tupac we're talking about, guys. Yeah. Um, and then another theory is is that he's in a secret facility, like underground facility. Oh, like Area 51. Yeah. Um, but he's he pled that he would go into hiding and no longer, again, like I mentioned, Who like Al fuck? Gore. Okay, this is like borderline flat earth kind of crazy territory (laughs) it's the internet everybody it's a crazy place all right continue with this fucking flat earth type of thing i guess they're saying that you know in exchange for him going into hiding and going into this underground facility that all charges all rape and fucking assault charges would go away because I guess he was going to go away for a while anyways and that's why he was working like a maniac to write all of these songs because he knew that like hey shit I'm broke. I'm going to owe Suge Knight all this money because basically Suge Knight's paying for all of his legal bills. He's paying for all of his uh, jewelry, all these trips to watch Mike Tyson knock out Bruce Seldon at the MGM Grand Arena or whatever. He goes, I'm going to owe him a lot, so I need to put out as much material as possible because there's a possibility I might be going to jail for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, oh, what else you got? That was it. That was the last theory. Um, let me see. There was one too that I saw that um that the hologram at Coachella. Oh yeah, that that made me laugh. But I guess there's there's a, a new conspiracy we need to look in. But that that once they released Tupac's hologram in 2012 at um at Coachella, uh, that was evidence of Project Blue Beam. So oh yeah, for. Project Blue Beam. Uh, so that's basically, if you don't know, I be- correct me if I'm wrong, but that's basically projecting um, holograms into like space or the, the sky or whatever to try to freak people out, to make people believe that something crazy is about to happen, like an alien invasion or something like that, just to mm-hmm. freak people out and keep people like and I will submissive. Say, I will say this though, like when I first saw that hologram, like it was, it was fucking creepy because it looked a lot like Tupac. It was a really, really well done hologram. Like and I was the like, fact I always see that, and I see his chain like jingling on him, mm-hmm. and I'm like, God damn, look at the detail on that. Like the fact that they added that chain to the, they must have taken like an actual live performance and just copied it like mm-hmm. shot for shot kind of thing. Yeah, and like I was like, holy shit, yeah, he is coming back. Like I was like, fuck yeah, what a way to do it. Like at Coachella with Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre or whatever, yeah. right? But then after a while, you realize, oh. That's a goddamn hologram. Yeah. Yeah. It's like seeing uh, Grand Moff Tarkin from Star Star Wars. Oh, my God. Whenever Wasn't that they, great? That was fucking nuts. Like, to see him. Like, he had more lines in Rogue One than he did in, <laughs> the, original in, Star Wars. in the original Star Wars. Like, goddamn. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that uh, hologram thing. I will say this. What was, it was Project Bluebeam. Mm-hmm. If you and this is completely off off topic, but there is this thing called the uh, the Flying City over Japan. Mm-hmm. If you look that up, that is crazy. It looks like a flying city over Japan. I'll look Holy it up while, while you keep talking there. But I'll, I just want to show it to you while we're on kind of the topic. Hell yeah! Um, another really ridiculous theory is that oh, the reason for his killing is that he refused to give sexual services to music mogul Quincy Jones. <laughs> um i believe that <laughs> that i'm finally sold for for those of you who don't know who quincy jones is he's the master producer that is behind 
all of Michael Jackson's hits from the 80s. He also was the producer of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and he's also the father of Rashida Jones, who is Karen from The Office. Beautiful young lady. Oh, shit. Yeah. And there's multiple shots of it. Like, it looks like a floating city above. So a lot of people think that that's uh, Project Bluebeam. Wow. They were, they were just, like, projecting something to, like, freak people out. And that was in Japan? Uh, I believe so. China, sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> no racism here. <laughs> but, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Like, that looks Holy like buildings. Shit. Yeah, show the, show the Instagram. Alejandro, take a look at this. <laughs> that's why you should watch the Art and Jacob Do America live feed. Yes. Subscribe now today. Like and subscribe. Yes. And share with all of your friends. Um, but one more thing before we wind yeah, this back it. down is um, a lot of people, like one specific song in general um, that gets pointed out a lot as evidence that Tupac is still alive is one of the songs that's on the greatest hits called God Bless the Dead, where he says, rest in peace to motherfucking Biggie Smalls. Now, everybody that knows, if you listen to our early episode, uh, the shootings of Tupac and Biggie, Tupac died six months before Biggie died. Tupac died in September. Biggie died in March of the following year. Um, but he's right here at the beginning of the song. He's saying, you know, rest in peace to the motherfucker Biggie Smalls. Now, I did some research on that because I always thought that was weird as well. But the time frame of the way this song sounds is kind of off as well. The This Greatest Hits album, I believe, came out in 98. If Tupac is making this uh, album, you know, in 98, like the production just isn't there. Like this is the time like when Puff Daddy is put putting out like come with me yeah. uh dr dre just released uh eminem's first single hi my name is like production value has, has risen a lot since then and the production value uh for this song is very like early 90s and i looked into it and even one of the people that's featured on that track it was a rapper who tupac had beef with who died before tupac even died oops sorry i smacked my microphone here who died even before Tupac died, so it had been impossible for him to appear on the track unless he also faked his death for no fucking good goddamn reason. Uh, but also, too, there was a guy that Tupac knew, a friend, a mutual friend that he they knew, also had the nickname of Biggie Smalls. Uh-huh. And that's actually how Biggie got his nickname was via this guy. He goes, hey, you know what? You look a lot like my homie, my homie Biggie Smalls. And that's how Biggie got his fucking nickname. And, and not even that, but I feel like it, it would be even easier to like fake something like that with just like sound editing. Like mm-hmm. if you take someone just saying, like if he was just joking around, like "fuck Biggie Smalls, rest in peace, bitch," you could just take that "rest in peace" and then like let's put that at the beginning of the song and like kind of thing. Like it'd be so easy to edit. Like which is funny. I could edit that. Like which is funny because like when you um, listen to the Machiavelli album and then you look at like a lot of like producers who worked on it qd3 who was actually quincy jones's uh son mm-hmm. uh, that's who did a lot of production on that album they they talked about like after the album was completed within seven days that's why it's called the seven day theory is um i just lost my train of thought uh why it's called the seven day theory well yeah it's called the seven day theory because they completed it within seven days but fuck oh yeah this is what i was going to talk about that death row after it was completed it was supposed to be released you know as an underground record but also to the way the tracks were supposed to be set up there was a lot of post-production editing that suge knight directed like oh add this on here like a a sample of tupac talking shit about jay-z and nas 
it's funny because Nas and Tupac, like you, if you listen to this album, you would think that they had beef at that time. But the reality is, is like they were actually cool with each other at the time of Tupac's death. Like they actually like made up or whatever problems that they had at that time. Um, they made up at the MTV Music Awards a week earlier. Um, and then all these samples of him saying, you know, fuck Nas, that motherfucker, da, da, da. Like all this was like samples from like at least a year ago or whatnot. Yeah. And so like it's funny you would say that. And it's just like there was a lot of manipulation to keep like these beefs going, you know, for the East Coast, West Coast thing. I remember when I first heard um, To Pimple Butterfly, the the Kendrick album. Oh, yeah. And it ends with that uh, Tupac interview. Well, like mm-hmm. they're talking to each other. And I was like, God damn, like this is so mind blowing. Like because mm-hmm. the, the what he's. What he's been reading throughout the entire album turns out he's like been reading this poem to Tupac this whole time, and like everyone thinking, thinking like, so many motherfuckers are gonna think like this motherfucker's alive right now just because yeah. like the way it was edited sounded really real. Like it sounded like they're in the same room together. Mm-hmm. Like I could see how that would fool some people. Like that's exactly what I was thinking too. I was like, some dumbass is gonna think that, but it's fucking t- what twenty twenty. 15 that album came out yeah. like it's so easy to like edit that in even like in 92 like when dr dre and easy e were going at it like there was like sound manipulation going on like that as well on both of their records so yeah. it's just like come on guys like and then the interview came out like they found it on youtube like 1992 tupac interview where it's yeah. like they take the samples from that interview and i bet some motherfuckers still believe he's out there alive yeah he was talking to kendrick lamar motherfucker he's alive he's talking to kendrick yeah like, kendrick went to cuba that whole album was pretty genius, by the way. Like, did you know that that's called like "To Pimp a Caterpillar" was the original name? Yeah, and it's because it's supposed to be like Tupac, mm-hmm. um, and then they changed it to Caterpillar. He, he butterfly, butterfly. Sorry, yeah. he should have kept it at Caterpillar. Did they? They say why they changed it? Because I remember seeing that too. I think it was going to be too obvious if he if he did it that way, and I don't think he wanted it to be that obvious. You want to ruin the surprise? Yeah, the, I, which is a really nice surprise because once you listen to the whole album, you're like, what? It's kind of like to to like fight club like you listen you watch fight club the first time you ever watch fight club and you're like oh this is a pretty good movie then you see the ending yeah you're like holy fuck okay now i gotta re-watch it like knowing what i know from the ending i gotta re-watch it and look at all the clues it's the same thing with kendrick lamar's like to pimp a butterfly man such a great album he needs to make a comeback what's up with that guy he needs to make a concept album like that because that's the beauty of it like it was an actual album that you had to listen to from beginning yeah. to end just didn't like damn, I guess. I didn't like damn. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, like th- I could see how that would fool a lot of people, man. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Because yeah, I remember thinking the same exact thing. So. Fooled me for a second. Fooled me once? What? Can't I, get fooled I, again. I pulled over, man. <laughs> I was like, uh, Tupac's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> no, but rest in peace, Tupac. Sorry I cried like a little white girl yeah. when he died. I'm sure he forgives you. Thank you. Thank Tupac. But anyways, Art, do you got anything else? No. Uh, just go to uh, fightbackcbd.com, type in America at checkout for 10% off. Tell them Art Jacob sent you. Check, check out all their merch. Get some shirts. Also go to cavemancoffee.com for 15% off um, and tell them Art Jacob sent you. Uh, that one helps us a lot. Helps us a lot. So if you're a fan of the show, if you enjoy what we're doing, Please go to cavemancoffee.com. That sends that gives us some uh, kickback directly to us, and it helps us expand the podcast and make the podcast one percent better each time. Yes, that's what we want to do. Yeah, go and caveman coffee. I'll say this: 
delicious fucking products. I just got um, the mocha, the vanilla mocha that they just um, released. Delicious as fuck. And it's just like the nitro brew that I have right here. It'll get you going so you don't have to drink a whole pot of coffee. You don't have to go to the store and, you know, buy two for four fucking bang energy drinks and get kidney failure like Art, you know, detailed to me a couple weeks ago. Um, but, yeah, and it's keto friendly. So, you don't, you know, if you're trying to watch your, your you know, your figure like myself or whatnot, whatnot it's dairy free. So, if you're like Art here, you're a little bit lactose intolerant. Um, you don't have to worry about that as well. And it's also fucking organic coffee beans, like good fucking food products. Like I, I stress that always to everybody. I know all my friends, all my coworkers, everybody like you want to eat stuff. That's like real food. You don't want this processed bullshit. You don't want this fucking impossible bullshit. You want stuff that is real fucking food, not full of pesticides or anything like that. And that's what caveman, caveman coffee does. They brew with real fucking wholesome organic beans. So I highly recommend buying all their products if you're a coffee drinker. And even if you're not a coffee drinker, you know, they have teas, they have cocoa butters, and they have badass, like, cups and shirts and whatnot that you can get behind as well. Very true. So go there. Use promo code America for 15% off. Um, Also, too, make sure you go to everything that we're at, you know, follow us, like us or whatnot. Uh, Go to Facebook. Go to Instagram. Go to Twitter. We're at Art and Jacob on Instagram all social media outlets except for twitter we are at art and jacob do a one and real quick side note about a one i i for tonight's dinner um i made like a nice little tri-tip you know crock pot fucking thing or whatever and usually i put like worcestershire sauce and you know a couple other herbs and spices or whatever um making when i crock pot you know a tri-tip or a pot roast but I didn't have any of that today. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to put some A1 sauce in there. Dip that a bunch of A1 sauce in the fucking crock pot. Sit, let that shit sit for eight hours. Fucking one of the most delicious fucking uh, tri-tip pot roast bullshit things I've ever made in my life. So shout out A1. Follow us on Art and Jacob Do A1. <laughs> <laughs> so that way you remember. Uh, go to our website. You'll see blogs. You'll see all of these episodes up there. Go to the Facebook page. I post a bunch of funny fucking memes. Go to the Instagram. You'll see fucking little tidbits and facts and whatnot that we talked about, you know, on this episode. Um, and make sure you go to our Patreon um, and donate at least $1. Help us out. Help, help some brothers out here. Yeah, man. $1 helps a lot. And speaking of our Patreon, we got our fucking first subscriber on Patreon. I want to shout out Nicole Botch. Um, sorry, I forgot the last name, but he botched it. I botched it. But... I will say this. I fucking, as soon as I offered a fucking, um, remember I was saying throughout the whole month of November, we'll give you, if you donate a dollar, we'll give you a free fucking hand turkey in the mail. And if you donate five dollars, we'll give you a five dollar <laughs> foot long turkey or whatnot, oh, right? Oh, man. I, I said, you know, I, I reached out to her. I said, hey, first of all, hot as fuck. She's like a fucking 10 out of a 10. So thank <laughs> you for being hot. Um, follow her on Instagram. Anyways, um, <laughs> I said, hey, you know, you know, if you want, you know, just give us our, your address. We'll send me an art. We'll send you like these these foot turkeys or whatever. And she goes, oh, no, no, thank you. I'm from South Africa. I, I'm pretty sure the shipping on that would be outrageous. I just want to contribute to your show. I've been binging this episode. I've been telling my mama and my boo-boo, too. And I, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for helping us make this show better. Being a fucking man. Yeah, man. Thanks for <laughs> telling your mama and your boo-boo, too. Anyways, Art, you got anything else? No, shout out Elizabeth Jackman, shout out Elizabeth Warren. Um, <laughs> that's it. I think I said everything I usually say. Yeah, so with that said, everybody, 
stay off the goddamn internet. Stop looking at these whack-ass fucking conspiracy theories. And tell me if you know any crazy conspiracy theories. <laughs> I'm always, I think I heard them all, so go ahead and send me some crazier conspiracy theories. So with that said, everybody, have a beautiful night. Good night. From city council, he ran in 93 out in Oakland. You probably didn't hear about him. I wrote this song a long time ago, a real long time ago. Way before Slim Shady was in demand. Way before we dropped baloney on Afghanistan. I wrote this song in 93.